Because to be white in 1963, and I would argue still today, is to have the luxury, the privilege, if you will, of not having to know black and brown truth. You can be oblivious to the reality of people of color and suffer no consequence. Very, very segregated country. Millions of white Americans live in places where they rarely see anyone of a different race. You're listening to Your Neighbor's Hood, a podcast for uncomfortable culture conversations, specifically about race. Do your thing, Christina and Jackie. Look at that set design. Oh, it looks so good. Hello. Look, we are in a new space. Are we centered? Um, Oh, we look crispy. Oh, look. Look at our new set design. Jackie gave me this heart. Thank you. I love it. She she put my Papa Pink in there. (laughs) Which I love. Papa Pink. Yep. <laughs> so it is the week after, I feel like. Yeah. The week after. Blah, 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 blah. We had a lot going on last week. Very good. So tell me, girl, what's good? What's good hood? in my hood? Um, well, we did our first live, which is kind of still good in my hood because it was just, I was so excited to do it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it went really well. Yeah. And I got good feedback from it. Um, my family and friends were able to watch, which is always fun. Oh, really? They got uh-huh. a chance to watch? Uh-huh. They Bubba watched. She loved it. <laughs> if I get stamps of approval from Bubba, then That's I That's high praise. That's high praise. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. And then I've been eating my popcorn. I've eaten all of my bags. Well, I ate one and Clayton ate one. And so you got to tell people what the popcorn yeah, is. Yeah. So we had a sponsor um, called Pop Culture. And he makes specialty popcorn downtown Norfolk. Yeah. And he, he gave us bags, or we bought bags, and then sold them. And we yeah. able to raise money for our podcast. So what's really cool is his all of his popcorn have pop culture references. Yeah, that's right. So, like, I, my favorite is Jungle Pop Fever, okay. which is a play off the movie Jungle Fever. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's a good one. Yeah, what? I haven't seen it. Your favorite Mine's is... Mine's iced tea. Iced tea, yeah. see, kettle corn. Yep. So iced tea, yep. you know iced tea, right? Along, you know, a lot of people probably know him from SVU. Yeah, that's where I know him from. I was like, <laughs> but he's else? like a rapper. He's, he's a rapper, and then he he starred actually in a reality show that I loved with his uh, wife. with his wife Coco, Coco. But that was all from his rap career. Okay, I so don't know if, him as a rapper. If you, you may also know him if you're chocolate, or if you're not okay. from. Um, New Jack City. Oh. I feel like he was. Anyway, go ahead. Um, So that's it, really. I mean, I think I'm just, that's, it's been a high off of the show. It was so much fun. Yeah, definitely. I like doing it live. Me too. That was, was can I say this? I wish I had it with me, but some of those questions. Yeah, we had a lot of questions from the crowd that were just so good and on point. I got one about white Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) They were coming, at, not coming at me, but I mean, they were, just ask some really insightful questions. I, I should get them. We don't have to answer, I don't want to answer them all over again, but I think it's good. They were good. So this one was what I just said. Do you think that Jesus is and was white with blue eyes? That was a good one. Christine, that was to me. Um, have you experienced, or have you changed from this experience? Hosting, hosting the, the podcast, podcast, which is a really great question. That is a great question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's in a short, um, short answer. Uh, what does a seat at the table mean to you? Yeah, that was one I had to really think about with regards to uh, culture and race and things like that. Yeah. I'm still like thinking. Yeah, that. like a good answer. Mm-hmm. What does it really mean? Okay, tell us about a time when you had an intense discussion or disagreement. How did you handle it? And do you still disagree about that topic? Yes. Yes. Yes and yes. yes. (laughs) We've had one. We still disagree. Uh And it's okay. Yeah, and it's okay. (laughs) And we're still here. 
Um, what has been your most eye-opening revelation? I don't remember that one. I don't remember that one either. Yeah, I must have missed it. That's a good one. Eye-opening revelation. I don't know. I can't. I'd have to think about that. I don't yeah. know if I have one um, off the top of my head. Do you think um, your empathizing with European Americans, this is to you, yeah. enables their ignorance and ability to exercise their white fragility? Boom. Boom. Wow. And I was like, boom, boom. Oh. oh, that was such a good yeah, one. Yeah, a good one. And... Um, I have an answer. What's your short answer? I'll, I'll answer it if he... I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say... No, short answer is uh, no, um, but I think the empathy, the empathy is more so for me yeah. to be able to show up authentically in those conversations because it doesn't stop me from challenging the thought process. Yeah. It doesn't stop me from challenging the things that I believe are not good for society or for me in society. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever discussed your experiences with race and culture while traveling or living abroad? Yeah. That's definitely. Good. We've talked about that. We, yeah. we hit that in the... We hit that one in the live. Yep. Okay. Questions. questions. Oh, that was my son. Oh, how cute. I was looking at show. He made a little question card. He was so good at helping us. And then he put a question count. <laughs> Did you answer all the questions? We yep. had 12 questions. Yep. Okay. I work in a world where there are predominantly white men. I find it difficult to have interactions with them in a group environment. Have you talked about race interactions based on gender? If so, what is your advice? That's yeah. the one we just talked about. Yeah, so. I think we are probably going to end up doing a whole show on that. Yeah. Um, just what race and gender think looks about like. about that one. Yeah, I'd love to do some homework and really sit with it. Yeah, because that's a great question. I've never come across that question. So. Yeah. Okay, why do white people think that it's not an issue for them, that it's not, wait, that it's not an issue? That if it's not an issue for them, then it's not an issue. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And Chris, this was for me another great one. What has been your experience with denying racism? And I've said I've done it before, and I know people that have done it. I mean, it is what it is. I don't do it anymore, but um, yeah. Yeah. Or you, or, or, yeah, that, that's a good one. I mean, really got me being honest. Yeah. Okay. Um, how do you turn these conversations into actions? And we did a whole episode on that. that. Yeah. Wasn't it activism or no? Was it a different one? No. Or did we do a whole? I don't did think we so. say we were going to do a whole episode. I don't think on we've done it. I think we're going to do a whole... I mean, we well, always try to give small You know actions. what? In this episode, actually, we I think we touch on the little things that we can do. Mm, yeah, you're right. With our kids. Yeah, the whole do. episode is about kids and how to not raise racist kids. So we'll dive into that. But And then some action items to prevent that. And I yes, think we've right. talked about this a couple of times is that I, many times people believe that, you know, there's going to be this grand act right. that's going to combat racism. Yeah, and, and I get that all the time. I've had, every event we have, I actually get asked that like especially as the white person yeah. how do you end racism and I think that's a hard one because I, I don't have an answer but another interesting part is like the conversations are part of the action yeah. I know people don't think so yeah. but when we do this podcast and when we when we bring people together is part of the action yeah and I think of it is to just to relate to we'll get into what this yeah. episode is about is I think about the many conversations that I have with my little citizens that are meant to guide them in the right direction right. and that's me that's a, that's a part of me doing or acting as a parent and that could be about anything just right. about decision making about and you have to talk about it first yeah yeah but but we if we were looking at racism, which is again a made-up construct, we know this, but we're talking the language. So we you said race, race, oh, yeah. race, yeah. race. That yeah. is it. We're talking about race, and then putting racism in the mix. It is not like a George Foreman 
Mike Tyson fight. It's not a fight. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Nobody, you're not, you can't just knock it out. Mm-hmm. You actually have to kind of spar with right. Right. Yeah, you do. You Absolutely. Have to, you have to spar with yeah. it. And I think it's not just like, it's not a disease that you just take a pill or give an antidote to. Yeah. Fix. Yeah. And I think a part of it is, a, you know, com- combating it or influencing it or affecting it requires you to work a muscle. So just yeah. like fighters train, you train your muscle, you learn more knowledge, you do For the sure. history, mm-hmm. and then you show up and you get ready to spar because I'm not trying to knock you out I want you to stay in the game I want you to still be in here and stay with me but ultimately hopefully we all become our winners yeah I think so I mean that goes back to the denying racism question for me because I don't know if I deny is I don't know if I'd outright say I haven't seen or didn't know it but I think people would be racist in my spaces and I didn't have the muscle flag you made me think of that I would I didn't have my muscle flex or ability or a tolerance I guess to be in confidence to be able to speak up and it's getting stronger. Yeah. It's weird. You really do have to work on it. You know what I mean? It's not like overnight you get confidence to speak up. And like I can just speak up. Yeah. And I I feel like I am more confident there. So anyway, okay. Someone said show us your shoes. Yeah. Okay. Shoes today. And boots today. (laughs) So that's part of our branding is we always both wear such different shoes. Yeah. And it's fun. Uh Uh-huh. Shout out to the men in my life that dress me. Yeah, your husband is so Yeah, but this sweatshirt is from one of my closest friends. He's an artist. He got it from another artist and he gave it to me. yeah. these shoes my husband loves Kobe's I, love I think they are and he got these shoes for me for 24 bucks great taste from Gabe's, I like Gabe's. <laughs> yeah he has great taste he does I appreciate the yeah. guys in my life that say I love we that. know that you're a tomboy I, I need to tell my husband to get on that game because oh my god if my husband bought me shoes that's like my dream <laughs> uh, he tries to stop me from buying well, shoes so I guess that would Jen, be bad if he bought me shoes it, yeah I buy shoes. Exercise self-control, as my spouse likes to say. Yeah, I have to because I love my shoes. Yeah, I could see that. Oh, yeah. Okay, um, last one. How do you pick the topics you discuss? On the fly. On the fly and through lived experience. experience. And the news. And the news. Oh, Bruce just said, hey, guys, want to see my Hey, Bruce, what's up? Okay. And he's he's shopping right now. If there's a tray over here and Bruce is trying to figure out if there's still some more food over there. So his nose is in there. Look at this this guy. But anyway, so what's good in my hood is we're doing this and um, I got a pie. Oh, yeah, my favorite pie in the world. What was it? What type? It's a French silk pie. Mm. It's the only kind of pie that I eat. Mm. I don't eat any other pie. Yeah, I'm not crazy about pie either. I don't eat any it's other pie. Really a pie French person. silk pie. Dairy Queen used to make the French silk um, um, blizzards. Oh my god. Whoa. I think I'm gonna have to have some. I turned you down earlier, but I'm gonna have some later. But I love it. A little piece. I love it. I need to learn how to make it. Um, it looks like it would be hard to make. I know, but I Isn't just feel it? like if I made it, I would save that money. That's true. If I, And I could perfect pie's it. Pie's expensive, too. Pies can be pretty expensive. Because yeah. I was Especially only going to get a slice. I was only going to get a slice and, and um, yeah. And your husband bought you the whole thing. Ah! That's so sweet. That's cute. Because he knows I'm going to want another slice. Yeah, you have one piece and you want It was my reward. So that, I go, I go to this place called the Village Inn because it's yeah. the only place that sells that pie like I want it. Where I'm from, the Midwest. I don't know if you remember Baker Square. Yeah, I love Baker Square. Yeah, oh my God, that's only a Midwest thing? Yeah, it's I not even know that. So there are no Baker Square where I'm no. living anymore. They're all no. shut down. But they used to have the oh French soap pie. Oh my God. My Bubba, that's a great memory. That's a Saturday yeah. memory. Yeah, it's my grandma used to, go used to there. take me there every Saturday. 
and I would get my, my I would reward breakfast. myself with pie. Yeah, so I love that. Because of our live, I was like, I deserve a piece of oh pie. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. So I rewarded myself with a Good pie. Good for you. Good for you. Hubba, hubba, so hubba. That is what's good in your So that's what's good in hood, but this episode, as yeah. we've alluded to. So how to not raise racist children. Yeah, yes. don't do it. Don't do it. Or try not to. And we give some really a- actionable items on like what you can do. I will say, I can't give it away. I learned a lot in this episode. Yeah. I don't have kids yet, but there was just some points that I will bring up. One of them of like just just the, the difference of how my parents talked about race. We didn't. We didn't, yeah, yeah. And I won't give, you know, I won't go into it, but, like, why that's wrong and how we can do better. Mm -hmm. This guy, yeah. So I'd say um, this made me think about the handing down on my end of implicit bias, Mm. too, for sure um, with with different situations whether it's the police or sure. or whatever it is and, and being very cognizant of my biases and how they I impart them onto yeah. my children yeah because I mean we black people can't really be racist can't be racist but we can have, you guys can have bias Any oh, we, everybody, can have has bias. Bias. everybody has bias everybody and has that's bias. a really good point I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. this isn't just like white people to no, white, this is, don't raise racist kids. It's, there's implicit bias. We all have it. Yeah. As, and, in regards to race. In regards to race. Absolutely. And, yeah. and I'm still sparring with some yeah. of those things oh, yeah. in my life. But hopefully in this episode, whether you're a person who is around children, because that happens to, yep. or um, you are a person who works with children, whatever it is um, that you are able, and we're all kids, let me say that yeah, too. I know. I'm still a kid. I don't feel like a kid. Um, but you're able to kind of look and see some ways to, to move forward. So that's good. We have a little intense conversation about how we're brought up differently. Yes. Not intense, but you know what I mean. No, and millennial, well, parenting as a millennial parent versus how we were raised. Yeah. So. so Hope you guys enjoy yeah. it. Tune in. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Okay, so today. Oh, girl. What are we talking about? <laughs> Listen, this is gonna be an interesting episode because I I don't know. I'm just taking my <laughs> I don't know what she looked up. That's true. I don't true. know what she put in her brain. That's true. I know what I put in my brain, right. and I know my experience. We always tr- right. Well, this is a good one. Obviously, perfect for not raising racist kids, but it's from two different perspectives. Yeah. So. We're talking about how not to raise racist children. Which I think is a very important topic, especially now. Yes. With race being made, I mean, with who's in charge of the country and a lot of the conversations that are having, I think we no longer, as white people, have the privilege of saying, we're all equal. Racism was a thing of the past. That's some of the research that I have, we'll bring up later on, but how that's actually detrimental. Yeah, coming from, yeah. I mean, we're like slow talking. I know. Well, I don't know. Why is this one hard? Well, I'll tell you because people are very, when it comes to children, it can be very touchy. Sure. I know that there are certain people that I can take children advice about my kids from and certain people I'm like, don't talk about my kids. Yeah. That's understandable. It's like your pets. Like your right. pets, you know, you may have a cat home. Right. And somebody be like, oh, just give your cat I do it. And you're like, no. That wouldn't work for my babies. <laughs> you know, it's <clears throat> because it can be difficult. I mean, when we talk about race, we know that 
we both know just based off of experience that we have to start this young and oh yeah from the research I saw it's like age of five children are aware of race and they're aware of like social standings they're aware of the way we treat people yeah yep yep they're already figuring this world out and so how do we talk about this from a point of it takes a mature adult to be able to do these sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, to navigate this. Yeah. And it's more, again, it's more so than just saying, well, everyone's equal. Yeah. It takes more than that, I think. We all bleed red. But that's, so this is what's interesting. I think we're millennials. I'm not a parent yet, but I will <clears> obviously <throat> be a millennial. But you are parent. a pa- You are a mothering person. That's absolutely true because all my kids, oh my kids, all my friends have kids. So I am around them in mm-hmm. essence, you know. And so think about these things and it's a complicated thing. And so some of the research that I was seeing was really interesting. I was saying that it's not enough to just talk about race. It's not enough to say well, racism exists. So some of my, I got this from a New York Times article, it said, studies have shown that generic messages about equality are not effective in countering racial socialization. Okay. Yeah. So break that down, what does that mean? So that means more than saying we're all people, we're all human, we all bleed red. It means, so there was a study done of families that there was like 36 children and about half lived in like all white Midwestern towns. And then the others lived in more urban areas where they were around children of different colors. Mm -hmm. What they found was that the kids that were in diverse neighborhoods, they were very, they knew what racism was from a young age. They knew that they were racially different and they were open to talking about it. Mm -hmm. What they found with the children that lived in predominantly white neighborhoods was that they, one, didn't know, obviously, because of white privilege, didn't know what racism was. They didn't, they were more likely to say, we're all equal, those same messages. And where those messages are harmful is, then they grow up into adults that say, well, racism was a thing of the past. Right. But they truly believe that. But they really believe that's what I'm tra- That's my bottom line. Yes. And so we're not putting down these parents running, putting on these children, but it's just realizing that it is actually harmful to yeah. just say things like, you know, like all the things we just listed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we really need to, there's two things, have our children in diverse experiences, but then also, and our parents know this, but your children are watching you from a very young age. So, so say they will, it's not even just your words, it's your actions or the way you respond to the news or even something they pointed out of an opinion article that I was reading said, I, some, this is a white woman. She's like, sometimes I just want to turn the TV off and not talk about the issues because it's not easier and she's like but I know that's detrimental to my kids yeah and so to me where there's two sides of this one one thing I would love to get into is about how we rear our children and how Mm -hmm. that plays a part into how we are able to have these conversations but in my world it revolves around we do have to do more than conversations but we have to understand what that means in each community yes what the talk means we know that Mm. there for for me raising a black man and a black young woman yeah that I know at some point I have to have this conversation for them with them because not only is it a matter because ignorance is not acceptable ignorance cannot go out to the world being ignorant of the fact that they're black like they can right and that's what they brought up in my studies is that white families don't have to do that and so we should actually and I love this was an action item was take the lead and observe parents of color because they're dealing with these issues at a very young age and they know how to have these conversations Mm -hmm. whereas white families don't have to do that right and an understanding coming from a place that we already know that color race is a construct right it's a construct that is also supported Mm -hmm. by institutional structures which are all going to go out in the world 
and deal with. So you can say, well, I don't want to talk about race because it's just something that was made up to divide people in groups and separate those. And yes, it was yeah. made up, but it's but it's a part of our, I'm trying to think of something it compares to, but it's not going away. Mm. It's not going away. It's just like, it's just like chivalry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Knowing that we're going through a Me Too movement, do you not have the conversation about your son, right. your son or daughter, about what it means between gratitude and chivalry and yeah. what that yeah. is something that is that was made up that society says it's normal for guys to do these things, but we live in a time where mm. hold up, you need to think twice before you assert yourself in these situations. Do not have those conversations right. with your child. That same thing goes for race. Just because it is something that was made up by our society doesn't mean that um, it's it's not important. Right. It's not just because it's made up doesn't mean it's make believe. Right. Right. And that's what they're saying that when, when you raise your children not acknowledging race and that we are different not different but you know but there is race race Mm -hmm. exists and people of color go through the world much different than we do then it's detrimental because what happens is you get that white children say well that's not true or this was a thing of the past or it doesn't exist anymore and that's obviously very dangerous it's dangerous to everyone and it doesn't help anything and and now that i'm processing this hopefully parents our age will do better and can do better because if you always look at history what were so our parents were raised in the 60s so they're coming out of civil rights right Mm -hmm. so they think they think that it's better to say we don't see color because they're trying to acknowledge well we're all equal they're putting a band-aid on a gaping yes <laughs> yes and so they're doing the best that they can Absolutely. you know and so what we're saying is like the way that we've been raising our kids and and society hasn't helped like there's still a lot of issues there's still a lot of inequality right and that happens because i think in part white people have this privilege of not having to understand what america looks like for the other side yeah with that that because we know this stuff is not biological that means it's learned can we yep. say like this is because we know it's not like it's not like your daughter getting her period right. or your son having his first wet dream is it not uh-huh, something uh-huh. You know, yeah it's the truth it's not biological meaning it's learned one way or another yeah and we have the born. opportunity to choose what how that paradigm is shaped yes. right we have the opportunity to to navigate with our children what is learned mm-hmm. and how it is processed and then how it is acted out in society. Right. So you can either passively let it happen or you can actively right. be part of it. That's happening. funny you said that. So that was one of the, the action items too. I guess I'm doing my so what now what now. But um is that they were saying that you have to teach white children that they not have to be an ally. I hate that word. It's mm-hmm. touchy, but they have to actively take part and be anti-racist. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just it's not just acknowledging yes, racism exists. It's actually teaching children to speak up, yeah. teaching children to be advocates, and teaching children from a very young age. It's a it's an issue of morality. Absolutely. Does that make sense? It's, yeah. It's more so like if you are a person of character, you will stand up when you hear injustice or when you hear that racist joke. You know mm-hmm. because. I will speak for white communities that I think what we learned is to keep the peace, right? So if I heard my racist uncle, they'd use that, you know, or grandpa, well, just, you know, he came from a different time. Don't say anything. It's disrespectful. And the new things that, well, hopefully the new way we can do this is say, no, like teach children in a respectful way to challenge. We have a visitor. We have a visitor. Hello. It's Mama Mia. You wanted to join our conversation today. Hi, Mom. Yeah, and 
and she will take on this one. Yep. There's two sides to this. As an African-American parent, there's a way that I do things. And as a European-American parent, I'm sure that's the way that folks do things. I was reading this. It was somebody's dissertation or something about a lady named um, Diane. I know I'm going to butcher her name. It's Baumrind, mm-hmm. um, a theory on parenting styles. Mm-hmm. Because I think the way we parent also has a lot to do with how we're able to have hard conversations. Yeah. And so what she says is she found that authoritative parenting is more is a more optimal parenting style. Mm, really? And then she talked about the discipline, the differences between races, between white and black at the point, you know, European American and African American families the and how they, they parent the way they actual actually parent. Yeah. And she based it off of autonomy, strictness and supervision, um, acceptance and involvement versus warmth and control. It's like a who uses more warmth and who uses more control when we're when we're actually rearing our parents? Because regardless as to whether or not you're having well, no, when you decide hopefully to have these conversations about race with your children, your parenting style on actually executing that is going to come out. Yes, the way you choose to discuss it, the way <laughs> you choose to do it, the way you add, the way they act on it. Because I grew up in a very strict household in the sense of you got your butt whooped things got taken away it was very like it's either this or this there's nothing in there's between. nothing in between there was never anything in between I don't know that there was um she said something I don't know if I, I took it down but she was talking oh yeah she was talking about the expectation of maturity between black mothers and white mothers mm. like there is an expectance of you to be mature yeah from a whereas from a very young age you're expecting I had to like reading this had to like think about well damn I say this to you all the time like I know I had to take my child's childhood from him because I had to talk about race right he could not be in spaces and not understand yeah, he had what to understand the world yeah right and so there should have been a level of warmth there too which I don't think I I gave to him mm-hmm. but for me it was it was life and it's like this is life and death this is sink or swim this is thrive safety or, or not. yes yeah. no but it's a it's about your opportunity to be somebody in this world and so yes we understand i think if we un, if european american mothers particularly because dads have their own way of doing things sure like i can't come from this place with a dad mm-hmm. because they command this different level of respect overall yeah. as people but if you can come from the place of we are now living in a climate where certain behaviors are not as socially acceptable that the court of public opinion can take your child's life yeah and can throw it into the flames if they do something that's perceived as being racist mm-hmm. or if they do something that shows some implicit bias that was never looked at or or even addressed by the family unit because in my book it goes the house this should deal with the issues, then the community right. should deal with the issues, then the local government, then the state government, right. then the, All the, way to the, top. the federal, you know what I mean? Like, it, But it all starts in the house. So if the house and the village never got the opportunity to address these things, we're setting our kids up for failure. And that goes by your parenting style. Yeah. And because they, they now stand to lose just as much as my, well, not their lives, literally, but, well, maybe, I don't know, but you now stand to lose your livelihood as a European American person mm. 
if you don't check this shit, if right. you don't have this, you know what I mean? Because right. I think it has to come from that place. Absolutely. Bit. I don't know what you think. No, I agree. And that's what I'm saying. We do have the privilege of not having to have the talk with our children. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the talk was mm-hmm. until I met you, you know? And then I remember taking it to my girlfriends who have sons and talking about what a different experience it is raising children as a white mother, you know, African-American mother. And, and it was, I think it's important for my white friends and white mothers to not have the talk, but talk about look, life is very different for children in America that are different, you know, that are of a different color. And it's important to just even acknowledge it because I remember growing up, I I think about this, I've asked myself the question, when was I aware of racism or race? I I can't remember, which shows my privilege. Like, I don't, I mean, I knew I saw kids that were of different colors, but I didn't think anything of it one way or another. And I think that is, I mean, obviously it's privilege, but it's also a lot of European American experiences yeah you don't you're just not you're not aware of anything having to do with race because whiteness is the predominant culture yeah and I think you have to choose your values as a parent you've got to choose your values and see does racism or implicit bias show up in our values absolutely and 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 identifying we always say this like I have implicit bias Mm -hmm. I still do and teaching your children that by nature of being human we judge each other we judge things and that um what was it? There was a quote talking about like pollution, basically that children that they're born, <laughs> were born into a society that, um, that basically that children, um, it's, you're surrounded by bias that you don't even know. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to be programmed that way. But if your children aren't even aware, like I didn't know what the word implicit, I mean, I knew bias, but I didn't know what implicit bias until I was 30 years old. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and that's a disservice because I think you have to have these honest candid conversations with your children to say we live in a very biased society it is what it is but can you check your bias can you be aware of your bias can you see how you're interacting or thinking about communities of color yeah or being in spaces with people that don't look like you yes do you have a perfect story like I think I've said this story about the young man my son's friend who was like I didn't understand why I thought why he didn't understand why he thought all black people were gangsters yes yeah that's what I'm saying exactly like I will speak to that is like rap culture like that is what I thought of black people because that's what I knew I didn't know any black I had one black kid in my school I mean that's just the reality of how I grew up and so Again, not putting myself down, not putting my family down. You don't can't do better if you don't even know better. And exactly, like I had perceptions like that yeah. growing up. And you you have to teach your children that, especially because I can. I, we're always trying to come from a practical place, right? A lot of my friends will say, or people that I know, like I live in a predominantly white area. What am I supposed to do? Just go. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just yeah. make a token black friend. You know, no. for this. Let me go get me one. Yeah, because that's a problem. Yeah, right. A quota versus. <laughs> what is, I was watching the Patriot Act, and uh-huh. I thought it's weird to say that there's a quota. Yeah, it is weird. weird. And so don't do that. But where we can do better is say, and I love this, I'm a big, I'm a liberal arts major, so I am a proponent of critical thinking. Yeah. And so teaching your children to, when they're partaking in media or partaking in yeah. movies, critically think like, is that a representation, that is not a representation of all African Americans or all Asians or all, why is the media portraying people of color like this? And on the flip side of that also, and I think media is getting better of portraying, giving your children as verse like Black Panther you know what I mean not that's just one example but allowing your children to see because that was something that I wrote down too is that when 
children, white children don't see and aren't around adults of color that are their doctors, their dentists, their mm-hmm. lawyers, or what or teachers. Mm-hmm. They only get the perception that is given to them on the media, in the media. Yeah. And if it's not positive, yeah, then so, <laughs> so you just speak into that. Like it had me thinking about that this goes beyond our homes. It goes into our classrooms. Yeah. I was reading something that said 70% of people in children in school are of color in public schools yeah. are of color. And 80% of teachers in public schools are white. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. It was this whole study that they did, but just uh, we know that the world has been shaped for us. Yeah. Right. But like you were saying, like Doc McStuffins, even oh, having, yeah. having, I mean, just having conversations right. around how people are different. Yeah. You don't have to have Asian people, Indian I mean, people. Unless here. you live in New York City, it's not a, even here, like if I was It's a commodity. It, it is. And, and it is. And it's a, it's a great privilege if you live in a big urban area. Right. Which, but even if I was to raise kids here, their experience would be white and black, like primarily. Because yeah. I, even here, I would love to have a more diverse situation, but I don't, you yeah. know? And so... We're not we're not advocating that you go into each other's hoods all the time or seek out complete relationships. It's just more of having that conversation and introducing your children and saying that like there's a diversity to each culture. Does yeah. that make sense? And you can explore the world through uh, literature. Yeah, exactly. So I will say that um, there was this for my son and daughter. There's a book that I'll read to both of them. One is called the the ten. The Ten Chinese Brothers, mm. which I love because it talks about these Chinese, and then we have to have a conversation about Asian culture. And then there's one called the the Warrior. I have them in my my thing, but it's the Warrior something about a a Japanese little girl who is like this warrior princess. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? That it doesn't just have to be sit down. Let's talk about yeah, how you're white. Absolutely, that's are, a very good point. It's not like you're white. This is all the terrible things that white people have done. Because there's also no help in that either. Because then that just breeds guilt and shame. And those emotions don't tend to make you act. They just tend to make us withdraw. And we see that in adults. We see when we feel guilt and shame around race, we just don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. We avoid it. As a mother of a non-white mother, I too have to teach my children about not being biased. Mm. Like yeah, because a, that is a human experience. That we can use that to there. It, it is. It is. It is. I have my own set of knowledge and and experiences with white culture mm-hmm. that have caused me to think a certain way. Mm. It is that have hurt me in a lot of ways, and I have to be really careful about not raising children that are like f the white people. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. I have to like that is a whole. That's effort. a detriment to them in the sense that that per- would hurt relationship, like genuine friendships or relationships that they may make because it would skew their view of things. Absolutely, yeah. and I'm doing that while trying to keep them safe. Do you wow, know what I'm saying? A like hard line to walk. Absolutely, because it, remember, ignorance is not acceptable. I I don't want them because you can't. It's, it's almost like dealing with, I don't know if I told you this, my son, I got an email from his teacher that he would not stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. And the, the school's policy is that you at least have to stay and you don't have to say it because he's a cognizant of what's Why going on in the world. Stand? Because he doesn't believe that it's liberty and justice for all. Mm-hmm. And I said, I get it. I understand. I respect where you're coming from, but I also want you to understand that you are a child. Oh, and that you are. I thought you were talking to the school. You're talking to your son. Yes, I was talking to my son. Yeah. Because he has a homeroom teacher. 
and it's a matter of helping him that he sees us do the work. You know what I mean? They've heard our pie. They know what we do. Mm-hmm. And I it's wonder about how they interact with what we do or what their thoughts are. Mm-hmm. So they know. I mean, I think they have an understanding of that something's not right with the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then, too, you're, you're also a child. Yeah. And you're trying to navigate these things that you may not have a full picture of. But the thing about the 12-year-old is that he will find the full picture yeah. and establish his beliefs. So I'm trying to teach him not to be biased because... On top of him not standing for the pledge, girl, on top of him not standing for the pledge, I go to, what is it, his parent-teacher conference, Mm -hmm. and the way his school has it set up is that everybody, all the teachers come to, you come to one table, your name's at it, Mm -hmm. and any teacher that wants to speak to you can come to the table. Mm -hmm. So I have all these teachers sitting at the table with me, and one teacher that was different from the others came and left, and then he came back, and then there was one teacher that wasn't there. So he has eight classes, six of his teachers are sitting in front of me all white women Mm. all with the same issues with him about his behavior in class then you get the one black science teacher who's a man i don't have any behavior problems on him I don't know. He's like, I don't, I just want him to do this one assignment that he's missing. When are we going to get it? And then his course teacher, who was a black woman, she didn't even come because she didn't even have, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that triggers something to me to say, okay, do you have a, do you feel like you can try these women because of being white women? Or is it, or is it that too, it goes back to that parenting style of they take a kinder and gentler approach to him mm. across the board when he needs a little bit more sternness. Mm. So it's like, I have to bear. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Cause I don't know what it is. Is it bias? Because I know is again, it their bias or is it his bias? Is it, or is it, is it, both? is it, or is it again, the way that the, again, the study that the Diane, whatever, I can't think of her name did was says that the white parents were more permissive and more warm and more you know allowing to stick more boundaries and he's not used to that is it that or is he saying i could try these white women mm. i could try them because it's like the durag with the culture and the black thing yeah so he, what do you try what is that when he about? french class oh yeah <laughs> tell the tell the story so you don't know he went to yeah. french class with his durag on and told him the night before do not wear your durag outside of the house yeah only to sleep. I or that's just not appropriate. It's not fucking appropriate. Yeah. Okay, I know the kind of guys that wear do-rags out the side of the house. You're not going to be one of them. <laughs> and he wears do-rag to French class. Was he just trying to cut up? or like? I don't know, but he was trying this woman. That's what I feel yeah. like. So she says you can't wear a do-rag unless it's for religious purposes. or. And then as he's taking it off, she goes, "Is it? are you wearing it for a religious purpose? And he says, yes. And she's like, what's your religion? He says black. What a little, like... Stinker. Yeah. He's a little stinker. But that's what I'm saying. With, between... Oh, I did write this. Between him doing the pledge yeah. and noticing the way we've gotten treated sometimes. Because he's like, mom, why aren't they? They notice things that ignorance is not acceptable. Um, and it is a matter of life. But how do we, too, stretch that across to the other side for yeah. Euro- European-American mothers and fathers to right. say that you, what you do can cause trauma, too? Yeah, Absolutely. That's what I'm saying, like, from the European-American white side of things is that everyday behaviors matter. Yes. That's what, they're, that's what you're saying and that from both sides of, like, don't estimate, like, I've written down, when do you lock your door? What conversations you have at the, the dinner table? What books and magazines you have around the, the house? And how do you react to news headlines? Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. Who do we invite to our summer cookouts? Who are we friends with? Mm-hmm. And what do we say you know, how do we react? I love that one. How do we react to the news? Yeah. Yep. And look, we are, I'm always a proponent too of like, no one's perfect. No one's saying that you have to 
white parents too, you have to perfectly respond to every news thing and you have, there's this perfect conversation that you're going to have to have and there's a list of things that you have to do to not raise a racist child. Yes. Like, it's, it's, you're not going to be perfect and you will, from your parent, tell me you're going to mess it up, right? I mess up all the time. <laughs> or no, you're going to be perfect and every conversation is going to go well. all the time. Right, right. So to white parents, like, I'm not trying to be extra hard and say, like, because it's, what, from what it sounds like, too, as I could see parents listening to the, white parents listening to this, like, jeez, this is, I'm just trying to keep them fed and alive. You know Same what I mean? Here. You know, exactly. <laughs> you know, right. And so, like, now I gotta, now I'm not, now I'm not allowed to say that all people are equal. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying take a more critical look at things and also, and realize that everyday actions do matter yeah. if you make mistakes. Parents with intent. be fine. Yeah. And if you're lazy like yeah. me, I'm very, I, I value. You think you're lazy? Let me, I make up, my husband says, a true lazy person will come up with ways to deal with their laziness. Oh, so they don't have oh to I keep love doing that. It. So they don't yeah. have to keep. So for him, he hangs up all his clothes because he doesn't like to iron. Super exactly. lazy. Right. right. For me, it is, there are things around my house that are representations of all types of cultures. So I have quotes, quotes on the wall mm-hmm. to teach certain values. You know, there are statues of all kinds of people. And religions. And religions in the house that, to show my values of people and people mm-hmm. around the world. Like, it's so that, guess what? I don't even have to have some conversations because they're looking at this stuff. I'm trying not to cuss because Bubba listens. Yeah, Bubba listens. Thank <laughs> Bubba, you. Bubba, I'm trying. Thank you. That's her grandma. That. That's my grandma. Then they aren't proponents of, they're not fans of swearing. So I'm going to cut it out. We're trying to have all, make all listeners stay, stick with us. Still got to put explicit on the episode. Yes, we do. But, but there are things around the house that show a variety of different types of people and a variety variety of different types of values. That's so that I don't, because I'm, there's like this little white ballerina in my kitchen. Oh, really? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, or or on the wall, it's, you know, you've seen it, that failure is the mother of success because I want to teach my kids that thing. But it's there. It's there all the time. And they see this stuff. You'll be surprised. I want you to close your eyes right now Mm -hmm. and think about your mom's house growing up. Man, I was... What was on the walls? All scriptures, Bible verses. And white Jesus. So, but that's what they valued. Yeah, yeah. It was all you were inundated in it. And my mom's, it. my mom's house. I see statues of little jazz figurines, tons of plants, lots of leopard print stuff, <laughs> and yeah. little quotes on the wall that said that were either scriptures or, um, or things like that. But I know where her values lie. Yeah. Based off of how our house was set up. I love that, and I love what you're saying with values because I think. Something that's so important that you could do that's very easy is showing beauty and difference and um, uh, in culture. You know yeah. what I mean? That's how we always say appreciate, right? Mm-hmm. So you you can, that's a great way to teach diversity is to appreciate different things. Like what I love, like from different religions, like there yeah. are things in Islam that you could value because there are just tenets that are apply to children or Buddhism or, you know, and, 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 or food from different cultures. You know what I mean? I love that music, you know, from, I love, I love Indian cuisine. So teach your kids that, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, 
a great way to introduce them to culture without, if you can't necessarily introduce them to a person from a different culture. I'm gonna tell you this, turn on some Bollywood music. I love Bollywood. <laughs> turn on some Bollywood music. Oh, I've been My dancing. kids love it. Me too. And I'm like, look, we are not gonna, pro- we're gonna appreciate that yes. this is some really cool yes. music. And, so and what is it show. rooted in? Yeah, what does the om mean? If you do yoga, yeah. mama, if you do yoga, <laughs> you can teach. Your daughter loves yoga. Oh, she loves yoga. Yeah. But understand what yoga is rooted in and what culture brought that to us. And what religion and what value is it. And to, because instead of just saying for white people, so just saying all people are equal, we'll take it a step farther and instill a love of culture, a love of diversity, and a Mm -hmm. love for different people in your children from a young age. Hello. Because I was not exposed to different cultures. That's why I'm so obsessed. That's why I love our podcast. I'm I'm hungry to take in different religions and cultures and people because mm-hmm. I, I was starved and I truly believe that. I think that white families that if we're not exposing our children to different cultures and religions, you're starving them. Yeah. Because think about it. I mean, I we are close friends and think about how many amazing things that have happened out of our birth, out of our relationship. Yeah. But if I stayed in all white spaces, think about what you miss out on. Yeah. Think about what bias what what you're starving your children of by not teaching them or not even just exposing them to different cultures. Yeah, and and know that the world again the world is going to expose them to so many different things, yeah. and that we as parents have the luxury of or, or the privilege in a way to to navigate that with a blank with mm. someone who's a blank slate. Yeah, we get you to can do that. Program that. Yeah, you can program it, and that's not to say that they'll take everything no. away. That they're their that, own people because they're they absolutely their own people, but. In my mind, I say, I know that if we're talking about present day and we're talking about the things that we're seeing in our society, because you mentioned headlines and this came to me, that the woman who thought a nine-year-old sexually Mm -hmm. assaulted her Mm -hmm. is somebody's daughter. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. And now that child has a paradigm that needs to be shaped about white women. Right. Right. Or or the kid or the guy, the two European-American children that were in the car with the guy who was babysitting them. Mm. That guy. He was black and he had two white children. Their minds are now, they are having to deal with race. Yeah. And and that's that's those and were literally never, somebody's and child. And their baby from the white kids' perspective, their babysitter or childcare provider was black, and they it was What's wrong well, with that. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Now yeah, they have to have that conversation, conversation. of because to them it was just they love him, I'm sure, and they loved their babysitter, and now it's like wait a minute, now it's a message of it is bad to be black. Yeah. It is dangerous or black is bad. Yeah, and it's, I don't say in as a as a black person, it is it is a whole nother channel, which is why I say this is this is not that hard. It just takes effort. It is, and I would say that. Right. It, it takes effort. Right. But coming from a place where I am literally fighting my own, when I try to get my family on board yeah. to have these conversations, to talk to European Americans that know that on the other side of the fence, it is su- super hard when you've seen, when you've seen police brutality, right? When you've witnessed harassment or been a part of that harassment to, it's hard to have those conversations to say that there are good white people in the mm-hmm. world. Get people I'm to believe sure. it. And get, I'm sure. And get people I'm to believe sure. it. And on the flip side of that, too, is like, it. it's unfortunate, but if white kids are only um, exposed, so like, say if you live in the suburbs, you know, something that was always taught to me is that Cleveland, 
was dangerous and it was primarily mm-hmm. left, right? So you are being fed messages and you don't even realize it. So, and it's also, I'm thinking about the way I was raised. It's very confusing to grow up and say, all people are good. All people are, you know what I mean? We're all people, but then be told the message that, that well, the city's, you know, you have to unpack that, that the city is well, it's primarily black and then it's dangerous, but, it's, but we're all good people. And then, or be told that black people are primarily on welfare, or, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. or lazy, or, I mean, I'm, I don't want to yeah. be offensive, but those are just those messages. Those are things that you that message I, over sent. Yeah. And so when we're sending, don't think the kids aren't seeing the signals. They are. And that's what I'm saying. It's actually super confusing to unpack that. Wait, I thought you said that we were all equal. I thought we were all, not good, but everyone deserved to be treated the same. You know, and then you're unpacking wheat. But you're also giving me the message that negative stereotypes. About other, whether people and, and And they don't balance it by saying, yes, there is crime in the black community. Yes, there is welfare in the black community. But then you're not seeing the entire other picture because you're not exposed to anything else and you're not giving them a fair representation. And also saying, yes, there is crime in the white community. Absolutely. Yes, there is welfare. Absolutely. Help me understand that if you if you are a person in education and government, you know that we are so much alike as a people. Oh my God, absolutely. And, that the way- and we see that once we become friends. Yeah. We're all jacked up and we deal with so, so many similar issues. We, yeah, exactly. We we think that we love diversity and individuality, individuality, but when it all comes down to it, there is, we are all programmed mm-hmm. to think Almost one or two, a couple different ways. Right. Not a vast. Right. This is why we're still having these conversations. Right. Because we're trying to deprogram the whole idea that there's only certain ways that we can act or certain ways that we can do, deal, and be as a people. Right. And move throughout the world. And move throughout the world. You're absolutely right. Yeah. We a lot. Yeah. Because we we like to snuggle with what's familiar with us. Mm. To us. Absolutely. People, places, things, all of them. Well, and white people, too, it's very, it's uncomfortable to talk about race. It's also uncomfortable to admit that we live in a society that's predominantly white. I mean, that it's crazy to, white culture is everywhere. I mean, that, you made me aware of that. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know. Uh, I mean, I did, but I didn't. Um, and so it's very difficult and it can be hard. That's why I always say stay open, stay yeah. curious. Yeah. That's because we all have an idea of what, what what kind of children, what type of little citizens we want to raise. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you could see, even if you don't have kids, you know what kind of kid Absolutely. you want to raise. And even people who are instilling their implicit bias into their children and don't even know it have an idea of the kind of children that and they want to raise. And that's half of it is getting even adult, like adults, young millennial adults. We have to undo the messages of that we are all the same, that we are all we're not. that we don't see race. I don't care if you're purple, pink, polka dot, and you know. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All the same. The cliches. The cliches that actually aren't really helpful. Yeah. Dang girl, dang girl, dang girl. I like this one. Yeah. So what is your so what now what? Um, I'm going to say so what? Um, that it is the job of the village to create good villagers. And that if you are very fortunate to have a little citizen um, and and don't choose to make race a topic of conversation or to um to intentionally make it a part of your child's life to gain a better understanding of the world that we live in you're wrong yeah you know you're part of of the problem um now what 
is if you feel like you're in the category of of being wrong in the sense of just letting your child and yourself, your little citizen, just pass through life as you may have done or may not have done, that there are some little things that you can do. Yes. Or some very little things, whether that's going to the library and checking out a book with someone that doesn't look like them and then talking about that culture, whether that's picking up a little piece of artwork that has, that was maybe made by somebody that doesn't look like you and talking about that artwork and how different people, whatever, you have things that you value. Maybe that's clothing too. There's a designer that you love. Maybe you find a black designer and get a print for your kid and talk about like, or not even black, I'm just saying. Yeah. Any culture culture that's not white. Outside of your own. And on the other side, for a black parent, I would say, so what we are, you know that that hurt and that distrust in white people goes long, deep, and hard. Like, it's the truth. And it's not going to go anywhere until we do the now what is really say that are we really creating the safest individuals by inserting our, our, um, our experience onto our kids and and letting them live through our fears rather than what could be for them. Because I don't want my kids to feel some of the things I did. I can help them understand it, but um, guiding them through life without hate, because sometimes I wonder, am I creating people that are now, that don't just just have a dislike for for white people? Mm, Yeah, wow. It's a fine line to walk, it's hard. Yeah, that's what I said. I, I learned something new today. I didn't realize that trying to balance from your perspective, yeah. that's different. Um, I would say my so what now what is that as a millennial child that I wasn't, the messages that I was told aren't effective, <laughs> that we have more to do, unfortunately, um, that we can't just say we don't see color, that we don't see, or that, you know, race is a construct, that we actually need to teach our children about implicit bias. Yeah. We need to teach them a white fragility is. We need to teach them about institutional racism. And we need to teach them that it's not enough to just say that you love everybody, that we actually actively need to be anti-racist. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a new message that's coming out. And I hope, and then there's, and honestly, then you, this is, it's a nice transition because you covered how to do it. I don't need to go through what you need to do. You don't need to have people of color in your life. Although if you do, that's great. And diversity is, and inclusion is always better, but there are ways to do it. Mm-hmm. I would say that's it. Yeah, that's true. As you think, I was like, what culture of people have I never met a person of that culture, but I still have an appreciation for it? Yeah. I like never had an intimate like conversation with what culture of people. Oh man, I would say probably Indian for me. Asian. I don't really know many Asians. Mm Um, but I do appreciate that culture. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, Asian culture. I mean, I love, I love Buddhism. I love meditation and I love yoga and I have never been able to be intimately conversation with, yeah, yeah, with an Asian person. That's a great question. I'm so fascinated by the same, like I would love an Indian friend. Yeah, absolutely. I would love, because I really love that culture. I love bright colors. I love all of them. I love it. Yeah, even with the they just had Diwali, what is it called Diwali? Yeah. Oh yeah. Is a celebration of um I can't even remember. I watched this little girl tell the story of what it was about and why they do it. But I'm just like, man, I would really love to yes. but I appreciate that. So yes. even though I never met an Indian person. You can still appreciate I mean not never met, never intimately had a Actually, I did. I'm, I'm telling a fib. I worked with a kid on the boat named uh, Patel, me oh. Patel, and he actually gave me a book, one of their oh, cool. um, a Bharat, Mahat Bharat book 
but we never had like a close, close friendship. Yeah, yeah, like there was never really a friendship yeah. there. So yeah, it's possible. It is possible. It's possible to never meet. And we are going to keep getting more diverse and more diverse. So that's also why these conversations. That's my so one as well. Yeah, <laughs> we're going like America is not just white, and it's continuing to not be that not way. just be that way. Here's a quote that I think you'll yes. love. Okay, it says. You are what you say. So don't say what you are until you do what you are. Mm. Only when your actions move with your words will your words move with your actions. Wow. I don't know how to say the name. Sakao. Sakao. Sakao Andrews. Yeah. That you got to. Your yeah. actions matter. Yeah. You can say whatever you want to do. Say what you wouldn't want to say. You can say, I'm not, I'm not biased. I'm, I'm not, not racist. racist. I'm yeah. not these things. But until you do things that intentionally counter that, right? Then. Until you become anti-racist. Yeah. Right? Right. That's the word. I love that. It's an, not a buzzword, but kind of it is. It is. It's, it's, you have to be actively anti-racist. Mm-hmm. Until that happens, guess what? You are not what you say you are. Yeah. Wow. And um, your actions define who you are. Yep. Your act, your words will move your actions and your actions will move your words. So and that define, that means mm-hmm. you, you define your character. Yeah. Wow. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Wow. Good one. High five. You did it. It was uncomfortable a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, you know, but that's what we do. It uncomfortable conversations specifically about race. Right. So in the meantime, like, Rate review. Is that what you like? <laughs> that was gonna say. Oh, that, okay, but yes, like rate. We really do. Hey, if you're listening and you've listened to our podcast more than twice, go to wherever what you is are, stopping you, and just say, "I've listened more than twice and I like it." That's Ding. Say, that's it. Give yeah, us a good one. It. Also, we have not said this, and I've been wanting to Patreon. Patreon. We put it in show notes. Yeah. Your faces kill me. (laughs) I love them. Okay, so so people, let's just explain it really quick. Patreon is a wonderful way to support the creators in your life that you love. Mm -hmm. So um, we obviously do all this for free um, and don't get paid for it, but you can support us. And so we can continue to do the podcast and live events and bring you great content. Um, You can support us for a dollar a month, $5 a month, or $10 a month. And with each level, you get something different. Yeah. So check out our Patreon. I mean, I think it would be really cool. Um, there are a lot of things that we want to do. Yep. Um, that it's that require financial support. Yeah. And we do the best that we can. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we and work. we will keep doing this yep. no matter what we make off of it mm-hmm. or from it. Um, but just know we love doing this, and you don't have to um, pay us monthly. You can always just do a one time. Yes. Don't underestimate that five dollars just go a long way. It goes so so far. Yeah, it does so far. And so as we build content, we want to give you things that you can put into your hands. That's true. And we want to come into your spaces. You're our neighbors for that. Yeah, sense. we do. We really do want to come into spaces, but that takes money to travel. <laughs> we want to come to you. Yeah, we're fun to hang out with. Yeah, I'm really boring. Let me just say this. You couldn't tell me too. I no, I'm serious. I'm I'm the least boring boring person. Oh my goodness! I'm ask my husband. Actually, he might say I'm obnoxious. I could agree with that. Sometimes (laughs) I love you, but I said that I'm like I'm I'm like Kristen Chenoweth, but but she's kind of like ah yeah. But I'm Claire Huxley. And I'm Maxine Bowers. That's I'm, in your Instagram. Yes, I like that. Yes. I, I changed frat boy to Kristen Chenoweth because I'm like, okay, I'm not like a frat boy. My husband likes to call me frat boy. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. 
good people, but we want to bring our energy in your space. Yeah. And we've been told that we're fun together. Yeah. We'll bring the fun. We'll bring the fun. And pack the knowledge. So go to patreon.com. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. um, Slash your neighborhood. But we'll we'll put all the links everywhere. Yeah. So So we're excited. All right, right, neighbor. Stay curious and open. And make it a great day. (laughs) (laughs) Civics history. Get there. Yeah.